Beautiful. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 55 of the Shetty Show, the Shivanetti Show. We are back this week with a fucking fantastic episode for you. Shiv and I haven't caught up in about a week and a half. We got a few topics we want to cover today. And um, yeah, we are back ready for action. We won't be missing too many more weeks. I know the last four weeks we've missed two podcasts. It's not um, That's very unusual for us, but we're back in the groove, back in the swing. Shiv, we are back. We are, and it, to be fair, it's a it's a it's a busy time um, around the camps uh, for the both of us. You, you went over out I of the went, country to I the did. homeland. This is correct. I went to Puerto Rico. Uh, I mentioned it last podcast. Um, how I was basically going to see family. Hadn't seen him in five years. So overall, it was a great trip. Um, I mentioned in the previous podcast. Um, hopefully insert this clip right here, but, um, basically I made a comment along the lines of, um, oh, I wonder what it would have been like if I would have been born and raised in Puerto Rico. And after being there for the eight days that I was there and being there with my family, getting to see kind of how everything lives from a more adult perspective. Cause every time I've gone there, I was either a teenager or an adolescent. Um, and it kind of gave me overall a lot of perspective to how would, that would have went, and I don't think that would have been the correct move for me. I really don't. Um, there's a few things I want to touch on. Number one, the island is beautiful. Um, cannot complain about the weather. Cannot complain about just the, the style of life. Everything's a lot more laid back. It's a lot slower paced. Um, but there's a lot, there are a lot of problems um, with the island. Um, and to not get too deep into those, the first one is infrastructure. Um, there are a lot of abandoned homes, um, because it's a high flood zone area, you'll see more abandoned homes toward the coast, which you could actually get a lot of good property for very cheap there. But they're, they're abandoned because of the hurricanes. They're abandoned because of the hurricanes. That's correct. Um, and usually FEMA does not cover, um, flood zones in Puerto Rico. Usually FEMA's trash yeah and, and so literally if you buy a home there you are putting all your belongings on the line and if a hurricane happens and it takes everything away you cannot get it back yeah i mean i and the, there's a very high likelihood of a hurricane it's not like the it's like an old folk tale that there's a storm every hundred years like this is this is a constant occurrence so. Con, constant occurrence um i but would what say about like in the mainland in the inland of the of the island so where, where were you staying so uh my parents live or my my parents grew up in arecibo puerto rico it's about an hour drive from san juan which is the big major city there um and it's on the north coast so it's on the north side of the island which is also close to the atlantic ocean um, the difference between the north and the south side of the island is that the south side actually hits the Caribbean Sea, so water is much cooler and calmer there. Um, that's where most of the beaches are, that's where most of the surf spots are, and the Atlantic Ocean's a lot rougher. So where my parents and grandparents live, it's the north part of the island, and it's, um, it's just as beautiful, but the problem is you can't really go like, for a swim there unless you're a pretty good swimmer. Um, but that's where I was staying for the most part. And then to answer your second question, you said, how about inland problem with moving inland is it's all mountain. Um, so, okay. so like the middle of the Island is literally just mountains after mountains after mountains. And so, um, like I was mentioning before, infrastructure is very bad. So there's not really a highway that cuts through. It's basically like these rinky dink little streets that you have to weave in and out. And it takes almost like four yeah, or five hours it, it only fits one car but there's two cars going. but two cars yeah, going yeah, and yeah. there's no like railings or things like holding you from falling off the edge if you're a bad driver like very very bad now there are a few cities in the mountains but they're much smaller and um it's it's just not as feasible i would say to live in the middle of the island it's not close to anything you're not close to highway um and yeah so these are all problems that they have and you know most people who live there are below the poverty line um, so, you know, it's not like the economy is absolutely bustling there. It's just, it, it's really just not. So a lot of the people who live there are older. It's actually a lot of, um, it's a much older demographic than okay. it probably should be. So, um, yeah, there's it's just a, a, a few but other problems. What about, did you, do you see any of these guys that, you know, there's like a lot of business guys that say they live in Puerto Rico. 
where do those guys live? Did you see those guys when you were out there? You know, because uh, it's a big move to do that for tax reasons. So. <laughs> it is. Um, I didn't see any firsthand, but I can tell you where Jake and Logan Paul live. It's called Dorado. It's this suburb. It's essentially the Naperville of uh, of, Puerto Rico. of Puerto Rico. Nice. So it's um, San Juan's like the major city there. So San Juan, I would compare to Chicago. Obviously, not even close in size or population. Right. It's much smaller, but um, Dorado is kind of like the nice beach uh, community that is right right around like that San Juan area, and it's right right close to the uh, Atlantic Ocean. There's a few golf courses there, a few resorts there, and that's where you find like the five to ten million dollar homes um, that the, you'll see these business people buying from. But for the most part, the rest of the island is you know very poor. Um, there's not too many like huge gated communities like that that yeah, are but like, like you said a few million dollars for a house there how yeah. nice is that house <laughs> i mean this house has everything like i actually out of curiosity took a look at uh, yeah, jake paul's house of course um didn't go there in person but uh seen a few pictures of it and it's 11.5 million dollars i think it's like a six 11 bedroom million dollars. yeah 11.5 they bought it for it's got um, so that's like a hundred million dollars in puerto rico basically i mean yeah Pretty much. For like what you can get. For what you can get, exactly. But it's like, a, I think it's a six or seven bedroom home, four or five bathrooms, has a view of the ocean, has a pool. I know they have like a, an ice bath and a sauna installed somewhere so, so, in the so home. Talk, so talk about this. When you, when you would wake up, right, you would send me, on Snap, you would send me like just these immaculate views. Yeah. Like, did that, did that ever hit you when you were like, when you were a few days in or however long it took you to, to just be like, damn, like I could, I wake up to this. Like I could wake up to this. Oh yeah. I mean, like for sure. Day. Like how beautiful that is. You <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah, I, for sure. I mean, especially when you've got like uh Snapchats coming in from Chicago and it's like 26 oh, degrees. 20, it was nasty. <laughs> it makes you never want to go back. But the honest truth is that the opportunity just isn't there. Um, for a lot of people. And, you know, a prime example of that is my cousin who actually listens to the podcast. So shout out, Andres. But, shout out. Um, he's in college right now. He's a journalism major, super hard worker. Um, and he actually just got a really big time internship in the States at DC. But, like, that's kind of the vibe for most kids there. Like, they want to go to the to States. To make it out. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Like, right. They, they understand that if you really are going to make a decent living for yourself. Not that you can't there, but if you really want like as much opportunity and as much value as possible you for your studies, yeah, yeah, you yeah, got to yeah, go to the U S yeah, yeah. and it's mostly like what East coast and, and, and mostly East coast, New York, the, the four spots. It's actually funny. You mentioned that the four spots in the airport that are always on the board. So always have a flight going to them are Chicago, New York, Miami, and Orlando. Okay. Those yeah. Are the, those are the four hubs of Puerto Ricans, and mostly I would say Florida is like where a lot of them. Uh, the, the, I mean, and I know for a fact the Puerto Rican tradition in 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 New York is is like very vast, and, very. and like that's like that was the that was the first spot. Mm -hmm. You know, every 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 group of people, culture of people that came here had like the first spot. You know, like for for Punjabi Indians, it's New Jersey. Yeah. There's it, 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 that's where just everybody is mm -hmm. is New Jersey and Toronto. That's those are the two spots. Chicago really wasn't for Punjabi Indians wasn't really like the main spot. But when you go to those places, like in and you then you go to the 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 areas that are you know predominantly you know your culture. It's like it's it's surreal to think that everybody came from that one island and mm -hmm. we've all kind of just migrated and made a new a new culture here. Basically, that's like a hybrid of American culture and. The homeland culture. No, exactly. Um, and it's so interesting to me too. Like you kind of mentioned it there, but just getting it, it's it's almost like a culture within a culture. Because right. even, even Chicago, there's a huge Puerto Rican po uh, population here, and most of them started in Humble Park. And if you go down uh, North Ave and Division, um, you'll see the two flags. There's two Puerto Rican flags that kind of start that neighborhood. Right. right. And um, they're still there after 50-something years of, of, of migrating over. Um, and so, like, it's, it's very do you, different. Do you know the history of, of, of that? Like, when did, the, when did the mass migration happen? Why did it happen? You know, I, I can't know. I'm not off the top of my head. Okay. What I can say is that 
my grandfather, um, he came here probably in the 1960s, or late 1960s, early 1970s. Um, and he was a factory worker, kind of worked his butt off. Um, and they got a little house in the Humble Park area. And that's where my mom was raised her first, like, I think 10 to 12 years of her life. Um, and so that was like the hub back then. It's always been humble. Um, yeah, I don't think that's changed. Yeah. But in terms of like when that actually kind of happened and the mass exodus kind of happened, I think it's probably around that time, uh, considering it was my grandpa's generation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they've made clearly a, a name for themselves with, with that neighborhood. It's still super puerto rican it was supposed to be gentrified. no and, it, and it, it's great too that like there's 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 other neighborhoods in chicago and in, in other big cities that are the main hub of of that culture right? absolutely you know, like it's it's belmont Cragen's super polish super yeah. super polish you got little india up north yeah there's yeah. a lot of indian people there yeah. middle eastern um then you have areas like pilsen super hispanic mexican yeah for the most part it's changing a little bit now but Speaking of the Middle Eastern, though, I would go play poker a lot up in uh, at like where the uh, Chicago Fire play, like SeatGeek Stadium, like yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Southside, like like Glenview, like Burbank area, and there was this, there was this like. there was this Middle Eastern like grocery store, and I went in because I was starving. I just played poker for like eight hours and just didn't eat, and I walk in and there's just a dude just hacking meat, and he, he just basically like I was like. I should order something random, like, you know, like the, when you go to like the bodega in New York, it was, I had some like the best steak sandwich there. Like, you know, yeah. like it's stuff like that where it's like, you're getting, you're getting horse's mouth food from that culture. And you can really only do that in both cities. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, um, for you, you, you mentioned Punjabis aren't in really in Chicago. Has that changed? Have a lot came over? It, like, yeah. Yeah. But like, it's, it's not as it's much not as Toronto. Like, it's, dude, or, it's not, when, when you go to New Jersey, you'll be like, oh, okay. this is what he's talking about, right? Like, yeah, there's definitely a Punjabi community out here, um, but it's nothing like, like in, in New Jersey, there's, there's, there's like in Illinois, there's like a few good temples, right? In New Jersey, there's, there's at least a temple almost in every town like of, of some sort. Like there's like good waters everywhere and, and, and the, the, there's many more Indian stores, so much more Indian food. Like, it's like Indian food in in Chicago is 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 okay. Indian food in New York is just unreal, mm-hmm. out of this world. And it's the same thing with England too. Indian food in England, is, but that, that's the other thing. It's like that's where did most of the Punjabis go? They went to like New York, Toronto, or uh, England. Okay, uh, and it was crazy how that happened too. But like that's why I was curious because like there's a very long history. Of, 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 of a long road and, and a lot of reasons why my family was able to migrate over here. Mm-hmm. And those stories are always like so cool. Yeah. It's like 20 bucks in your pocket, but it, it like everyone has that, but it's like, why though? Like what was, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what, what was behind the reason they actually got on that boat? And, and it's crazy too, because it's like the, the opportunity at, at face value is, is to be a cab driver, to work at a 99 cent store. These are not mm-hmm. glamorous jobs that pe- like people today would, you know, grab over, but you got to think about it from their perspective. Like that is, that is the dream. Yeah. That which is the dream, which if you break it down even more is even crazier to think about. Cause like, what was the their dream life was, back the, at home? The dream was hot showers and, <laughs> and shelter. Bro. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like that's how bad it was that like even working a 90 cent, 99 cent store job was like, okay, I've made it. Yeah. No, it was like, we're making, like the, we're doing it. We're doing it. You know, exactly. it, 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 yeah, it's, it is interesting too how fast word of mouth I think at that time used to spread because there are these hubs that certain cultures kind of migrated to. Like yeah. it's not like they decided one day like oh let's go to New York and then someone else is like oh no I want to go to Boston. Yeah. Like it's kind of like okay we have family in New York that's where they're all going yeah, and we're and going and there. And that's the thing once somebody starts they mm-hmm. bring all their family over well they're not gonna be like I'm just gonna send you to Kansas like <laughs> exactly it, it, it's it yeah and then so that's how that like it it really does get like deep rooted and then and then the thing is about generationally speaking too like all of the kids and then their kids kids now like 
we're all growing up in a very similar environment. Most of the parents treat their like kids with the same standards in my community, at least. And, and a lot, a lot of the problems are the same. And like, you get that, like you said, subset of a culture that you basically like, this is the part that I've slowly realized is you build Mm -hmm. because like, we are the first people really that grew up in America from our generations. Yeah. Like, most of the generations after this will be growing up in America, right? But mm-hmm. we are the first ones that moved here. We're actually the ones that are setting the tone for Generations what our generational culture would be. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's actually wild to think about. That and is super You're wild. doing it from the beginning. You just are doing it like, because that's just the way it is. America is so young. So young. Like when you think, think about, about think about our parents, think about our parents' parents. Like there was a long lineage of tradition mm-hmm. and way of doing things in the same spot too. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. All of our families have moved everywhere, right? Yeah. Not been in the same place for X many generations. Mm-hmm. Our families were in the same spot for like 10, 15 generations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's way different than first time just popping on over. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Did you, have you watched the Redeem Team uh, documentary? No, but I want to. It's very good. I want to. It looks, I, it looks fantastic. It, I think I might tonight. It, you should. Honestly, take, take some time. Yeah. Okay. No, no, Netflix. Netflix? Yeah. Perfect. Take some time. It, it's funny because I was watching with my 13-year-old cousin um, who loves basketball. That's his like favorite sport right now. And um, it, it's interesting to even see his perspective on guys that I like worship growing up because he didn't get to see them really play. Like He didn't get to see Kobe play, D-Wade at his prime, um, like Jason Kidd, Chris Bosh, Dwight when he was in his prime. Like... These are guys that he we missed grew out up on. with. Yeah, that's what we grew up with. Right, but like this, the respect level is still completely all there. Right, like like he he's still very aware like of how good they actually were. Right, as players, um, and it kind of breaks down like the Olympics uh, from a U.S. perspective because the U.S. was a laughing joke for like the the ten years prior. Right, and then they let LA. they let pros play, and then but yeah. then but then it got they let pros play, but then in '04 they lost to Puerto Rico. Um, in like in a qualifying, which is actually That's crazy awesome. to think about. That's like, awesome. That team had two guys who made NBA rosters. One of them who made an NBA roster because they beat the okay, USA. Okay, so team. answer this: Did they lose because they were were they trying? So, from no. So basically, what happened was their team got put together two weeks before the Olympics, just thinking that they were going to win it all. But and you're telling me I can't slap five of these guys together in like in no with no training whatsoever, and they can't go win the Olympics. No, because there's no team chemistry, like none at all. They don't know but how to you're play saying, with each other. You're saying that these other countries in '04 were that good that that the five best basketball players in the world just would still need to prepare together. Yes. Really? Yes. Wow. Because yes. at the time, that's kind of when like the European when European basketball started to really catch up. The right. early 2000s. Right. That's when the Dirk Nowitzki started popping out of the woodworks. Uh, guys like Detlef Schrempf a couple years before. Like, there was but, good but players. Dude, like, okay, Dirk was on Spain, right? No, Dirk is Dirk is uh, German. Who's the big guy? Paul Gasol? Paul Gasol. So and his Spain, brother, right? Spain's so. team was disgusting. Argentina was disgusting. Um, Who did Argentina have? Argentina had Luis Scola. They had... But okay, uh, dude. Like, like dude. What are we talking about here? Bro, Luis that, Scola? Yeah, but like... You're telling me Kevin Durant and... Well, not Kevin Durant, but like... What, what was it? Chris Paul and no, Kobe so, Bryant and, and LeBron James can't beat these guys? So, no. So, funny about... Funny you mentioned that. So, the 4 team actually didn't have Kobe. Um, and it was Chris Paul's rookie year. So, he didn't get any playing time. Okay. And D-Wade, LeBron, and Carmelo, they all but they went. Were, they were one but they year. Were, they were yeah. all off the bench. Because they were rookies. They were, they were, yeah, they were rookies. So the starters were like oh, Allen were, Iverson. Okay. Um, uh, Allen Iverson, Jason Kidd, Carlos okay. Boozer. Steve Nash? Nash wasn't there. Um, I think he plays for Canada. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. yeah he's not American. Um, but Tayshawn Prince was like a starter. I, I just, that's unbelievable. No, dude. So, so whatever ended up happening, well, I'm kind of spoiling. That's the fine. I mean, that's fine. That's fine. But so, so what ends up happening is, um, the owner of the Phoenix Suns, what's his name? Uh, did he, wait, was he, was he in the news? I think, yeah, recently, I think he's trying to sell the team. Uh, yeah, I'll but, but regardless, so he, the Phoenix Suns. he was basically the, uh, 
he was appointed the commissioner of the Olympic team at the time. And he was the one who brought in Coach K to coach him up. But Coach K said, listen, if we're going to do... Robert Sauver. No. Is that him? Maybe. Bob Sauver. Maybe. Majority owner of the Phoenix Suns. I think it's him. Yeah, yeah. He was in the news. Yeah. He was in the news. Yeah. But anyway, he, he basically, he picks Coach K and Coach K tells him, if we're going to do this and we want to get USA basketball to prominence, you're giving me three years with these guys. So that's when it started. Like, that's when they started that's every summer. Sick. Every summer they would meet up, right? So the summer of... See, Jordan didn't need... Jordan got the gang <laughs> together. He did. But the one, the one knock I'll give Jordan that I won't give this USA team was during the 1980s, that, or that 92 dream team, the, the rest of the world was not caught up to the NBA type basketball. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. The, like the level of yeah, competition. What, yeah. They were blowing teams out every game by 40 or 50 points. And they weren't trying no. at all. It was like, it yeah. was like the Harlem Globetrotters. That, that's, that's really what it, put it, the NBA it, on the map worldwide. But, but that, that was dream team. Right. Right. A, and then they from needed, there, yep. the rest of the world started to catch up because yep. they started playing the right way of basketball. So, so, started this, watching. so this is actually kind of happening now. In the NFL? No, in the World Cup. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So the World Cup is on. I'm a big soccer guy. I'm a big England guy. Um, I was the, 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 the match was, uh, I, in my opinion, the, someone uh, made an agreement in this match. I, I, like, I don't understand what England was doing, but I think that it's in everybody's best interest because I also like America. It's just they happen to play the country I was born from. Uh, it's in everyone's best interest that it was a draw. But what happened in, in America was... In 2010, America made the World Cup in South Africa, mm. and they it was a, it was a similar thing as what what's happening here was it was America and England and two relatively speaking bad teams, and so America drew their first game nil nil. They played or they they played England in the first game. It was one one, uh, and like Landon Donovan scores this like brilliant goal, and everyone's going nuts. And this was the first year in my mind that America actually cared about the World Cup. Mm. Then America wins in a 90th minute, 90th minute, 92nd minute goal to put them through to the knockout stages. They needed to score. They needed to win the match or they were going to get eliminated. So that, like, there's a, like there's a huge buzz for the first time in America. In, and I watched it like about soccer. Never before that was soccer even like spoken as like what sport are you going to play it was football basketball like it was everything mm -hmm. that wasn't named soccer uh so fast forward now this is 12 years later a bunch of kids america's team has gotten exponentially better mm -hmm. mostly because most of the young talent play overseas they play in uh england and they play in germany most of them play in germany uh, and what they did was that they adopted the uh, like American regime and they like they saw basically they saw these kids on TV mm -hmm. and they, they saw it like they were kids when this happened. And, and they they it basically helped inspire a new generation of players. And now I think I don't think America is going to do that great in this World Cup. I think the next one they're going to host it next. The next one it's in America, Mexico and Canada is the next one, mm -hmm. which is oh, my God. Yeah, I, I want to hit every single city on that on that tour yeah but yeah like it th this is how this works mm. you know and i think with basketball that happened and then what i think that, that all that redeem team stuff inspired the next generation of kids that are in now like the Embiid's and mm. the, all those guys yeah. and we talked about international basketball uh for a few podcasts yeah. but i uh it that's what's keeping that sport exciting to me for sure all of the talent that's coming in from other countries. There might be a, the Olympics might be extremely entertaining. Yeah. And they like, it's becoming, it would like the last one was like, I didn't want, we didn't watch the Olympics. We talked about that. The Olympics was just, it, no. The next one though, with these guys like, whoo, dude, how many teams are going to be good? Really good though. Like France. Yeah. France is going to be good. France is going to be really good. Luka Doncic is going to own his own team. You same, know, same with Jokic. Same with Jokic. But still, like, like these are MVP. But these are MVP. Yeah, right. Now. These are these are MVP. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and Luca might win a chip before that. So it's yeah. Luca is he's just an animal. Luca is incredible. I was watching a clip on TikTok of KD talking about him, and KD said something like, 
when I first saw him play, like, I was like, what the hell is it? This kid just shoots step back threes. But then when I actually started, like, watching the game, like, oh, he's nice. Like, yeah, he, that, that's, he, that's the perfect way to describe him, yeah. too. He's just nice with it. Like, that's it. It, it. And it's, dude, it's the pure, like, it's the pure fundamental level, like, of basketball. Like, footwork. It's every coach's point. dream player. Exactly. Because he's not an athletic freak. He's not. No, not, like he, not he in does, the slightest. He doesn't have a 46-inch vertical. Big guy, though. But, yeah. Yes. But he, he doesn't have, like, a 46-inch vert. He's not the fastest guy on the court. He's never going to beat you with his, like, quickness or, like, his, his first step. But he's just naturally, over time, has just built the skills to be a solid, like, more than, obviously, a superstar-level talent in the, in the NBA. So it's crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and I, I think there should be, like, a separate competition, too. What do you mean, like for if it so when it gets big enough, when the when the when the countries eventually get good enough to really start competing, to really start competing with our guys, mm -hmm. and like there starts to become like a trade off between who's the best international team. This is probably twenty years down the line. Yeah, there should be its own competition. Like it should be its own World Cup. Okay. Yeah. I but agree. The, the teams need to be competitive. It can't be like, hey, we're doing a World Cup. USA wins again. Yeah. Like you know it. It, but yeah i agree that's kind of happening um uh i mean the baseball world classics it's kind of like uh the free for world don't club, even want to don't even want to touch baseball yeah. <laughs> it is cool to see because that's one sport where the competition is pretty even worldwide worldwide Japan's got a good team. Japan's Dominican good. Republic's got Dominican, a good team. Dominican, Puerto Rico's always Puerto good. Puerto Rico's got a good team. The, the U.S. is always good. Right. Um, there's teams like Mexico that are starting to come up a little bit now. Um, so it is actually, if you're going to watch like baseball and really like Baseball's enjoy like, it. Actually, that's like a good international sport. Yeah, like very good internationally. I, we could talk about the MLB for days. And I'm someone who grew up playing baseball. It, to me, like those are the best competitions. Like I even think like when you see tennis, right? Mm -hmm. These people are representing countries. It the World Cup to me is like it's the best competition in sports. Yeah. By far and away. And like I get it. If you don't watch soccer, it's probably not. And a lot of people tell me their favorite is March Madness, which is fair. Yeah. It's fair. This happens once every four years though and like people's wars get stopped because of this thing. Mm. Wars get started because of this thing. I mean, yeah. the reason it's even there is wild. But yeah, like it it matters just more. Yeah, for you know, sure. The Super Bowl is more of an entertainment event. Everybody cashes their check. And it's just a big time to just celebrate. Yeah. Super Bowl is big, is more of just a let's all get together, get get drunk, bet on a game. You know, that like that's all it is. The World Cup is like it's the World Cup. Yeah. Super Bowl's capitalism at its just Oh, finest. I mean, oh, Super Bowl is is <laughs> beautiful. The commercials, they step those up. There's a halftime show with the best artists out. I mean, dude, Rihanna's headlining this year. Rihanna's doing it this year? Rihanna's doing it this year. Listen, yes. ladies and gentlemen, let me talk to you about Rihanna a little bit here. This is going to get me in trouble. Uh, <laughs> Big time, brother. Listen, no, actually, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you offline. Anyway, Rihanna was the first love of my life when I was about a wee boy. It's fair. Um, it's fair. I, I literally remember the first time I ever heard her song, which I can't say very often. I just want to say that we listened to that song, S&M, when we were in like fourth grade, and none of us knew what the hell that meant. <laughs> no, and every single Chains person I know. excite me, baby. Yeah, like, uh, every, every, I remember distinctly being a child, like listening to that song, enjoying that song. Everybody I knew liked that song. We were, had no one had any clue. <laughs> no one had a clue. I wonder how many songs are like that. A lot, dude. But I mean, th little that Wayne song songs. was a bang. Oh, Lollipop? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But, um, no, that song was a banger. But no, dude, I mean, Rihanna is one of the all-time GOATs. She hasn't dropped an album since 2016. She had a kid, though, right? She Just now, yeah. But, like, dude, that's seven years, no music. And she's still in, like, her prime, you know? She might have done, like, an Andre 3000. Just dropped anti and Because that album was nuts, too. And, Lizzie, you could call me what you want. No, but, all her... No, no, but no, no, she, no. she's got... Gonna, hey, listen. Rihanna... Is a world class. World She's class. a class act. Okay. Her, her no her, skips. Her no skips. Her and Beyonce are like, yeah, they they battle for the top. They like, are they are really the top of the crowd. Yeah, but I'm actually excited for this halftime show. 
Cause she she really doesn't do shows anymore. She didn't. She's just kind of like dis- after anti. She's like, you know what? I'm the queen. I'm out of here. I think it's crazy though. Jay Z still said no to the Super Bowl. Yeah, was that during uh, the, Ka- uh, the yeah, Kaepernick yeah, times? Yeah, the Kaepernick. Okay, time. so it yeah. makes it makes a, but he a still, bit of sense. He still said no to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Did, was it just going to be him headlining on? I, I mean, pretty much whoever you want. Like when Dr. Dre did it, I think last year he brought on like his whole crew. Eminem was there, mm-hmm. and like, so like I guess you can kind of you can kind of pick and choose. But like I would, it would never be this way. But I would love like a, I'd love like a little baby Lozy Vert like <laughs> that'd be sick. halftime show. Like it's so funny when I go to some of these Super Bowl parties and like it's like these old people and they. Just, they hate it. They admonish rap, and I haven't <laughs> been in a circle where like my music gets admonished in a long time, and it's like <laughs> unreal. I have to like hold it in. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah, last year was a big step though, getting like the old heads in, like Snoop Dogg, Fifty. That Eminem. one. That one was. I like that one. That was cool. That was a good one. It was cool, but I think it's like the first step. It was like them dipping their toe in the water. Like let's get these like old legends, like '90s, early 2000s rappers, and see like how the populace kind of reacts to it. Um, and I think that'll kind of open the door for the guys like Little Baby, Little Uzi. Well, and, I mean, if Little Baby's got McDonald's meals, I think we can <laughs> get him on the Super Bowl. I agree. So let's, I mean, in reality, I would like it to be uh, Young Thug and Gunna. <laughs> like, let him out for, or out. Dude, or from the jail cell. Uh, wow. Live. Live, from the, live from the cell. Them just in orange shoots. Maybe. I, they shouldn't be there. They shouldn't be. Well, yeah, well, they shouldn't be. <laughs> well, Gunner shouldn't be there. I know that. Yeah, he does not deserve this. But young, it, successful, young, young, successful life. Yes. Why so? Yes. Um, what's your favorite Super Bowl halftime show? Uh, I'm trying to think. The one that stands out to the one that stands out to me the most was probably Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars's was good. Bruno Mars really killed it. He destroyed that he, thing. He came out. I literally remember almost the entire thing. He came out on a drum set, and he played like the first minute of just a drum solo, which was nuts to start it off. And then he just went into all of his bangers. He's really a legend too. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. But him, I would say, is number one for me. I mean, dude, he had uh, same thing album after album after album. It yeah. was like, whoa, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. He, Even the one he just dropped with uh, Anderson Pack was that was a good one. Very good. It has a couple songs that I still hear all the time. That Tame and Polly Gorillas thing. I was talking to Jordan about this. I was like, this needs to be an album. Yeah, like, it does. To tomorrow, it, mm-hmm. like that. Oh man, that's a perfect mashup. Dude, Gorillas have a really good. Oh, they're discography their stuff is fantastic yeah it's not much no they took a long break they did fantastic so good i was looking at uh, a gorilla's playlist the other day yeah and you can like their music changes almost through the albums it's similar to kanye like there was no distinct sound you can't you can't put them in a box yeah like it's its own genre almost like, even that song with Tame Impala, like, it's rap, but is it, though? No, I don't know what that is. Like, like I, I tell people, I was telling people at work about Tame Impala. They'd never heard of him. And I'm like, they're like, what kind of artist? I'm like, I actually don't know how to explain this to you. It's a new thing. You know, and that's how talented the guy is. But, like, yeah, it, and Gorillaz was, thing is, Gorillaz was, like, in our childhood before Tame Impala was, but Gorillaz was the same vibe. It was like I don't know I don't know this is rap like Clint yeah. Eastwood how, like that yeah what is that <laughs> I don't know it's rap with like a country beat and like an old like but with no, like, but like te- with like techno sounds yeah it just makes it makes no even feel good ink dude right that song changed the game right changed the game yes came out in 04, and if you play it today I everybody still be, knows that song. exactly and i wouldn't be able to tell you it came out in 04 that's another thing hey, that's timeless that's music. what man yeah yeah it's it's crazy and to be honest like that that's the thing about timeless songs it's like the like the whitney houston stuff right mm-hmm. that song like songs from her and like even michael jackson stuff they yeah. still get played and it's like okay if if this if i should play this to a kid who'd never heard thriller or uh what's the What's Whitney Houston's big one? Uh, we want to dance with somebody. Yeah, right. Or want to dance with somebody. Like, you could play that right now. It gets played in the club all the time. It gets played at least 
at least once when I go out every time. Like that's 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 just crazy. You can make something like that, no. and then of all people, fucking Mariah Carey's got this. Like <laughs> she just gets this spike in dollars around the perfect time. Have you seen I, how much she's made from that one? She song? doesn't need to work. She just needs to exist. Seventy-two million from that one song. Unreal. Her she, agent must just. She makes two point five almost a year un- from that song. It, just from it, one song. None of it was original. No. Like, it, all I want a, for Christmas is you has been a song for like hundreds of years. She just sped it up and went a higher pitch. That's all she did. I can't believe nobody else thought of that. No. Mariah Carey of all Mariah people, Carey. I can't name another How one of her Nick songs. How does Nick Cannon feel about that? Nick Cannon's living the dream right now. Is he really? He's... He's got, I thought last I saw you got fired. He's got and like, twelve baby mamas. Oh my god! He, no, dude, he's stop. Are you serious? He has twelve baby mamas, and he's had like five kids this year alone. Not joking. Uh, and he's happy. Uh, he's happy with it. Uh, like he he fully understands what he's doing. But he just went back to an old baby mama and just had another kid. And like a fish, where, where do you where do you read this? Dude, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, it's Twitter. Yeah, they just tell you. Twitter's got my Twitter feed's very strange. It's got a bunch of like news, and then it's got pop culture stuff riddled throughout it. A lot of music stuff. I got a weird I, Twitter I, feed. I, I I thoroughly enjoy my Twitter and TikTok now because it's exactly what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's perfect every time. Twitter, I get the news that I want to get. Like it's funny too because it'll put the. It's so good. It'll put the tweets in like the order I even like want to get my news in. I'm like, I want to hear about markets first, economy second, world news sec third, sports stuff last. Like, and that's just how it's structured. I didn't tell Twitter to do this. It just does it. Mm-hmm. I think for me, YouTube and TikTok are the two that are like super, super catered to me. I think Twitter is still for some reason like YouTube do, to be not- honest, like. It's very predictable. Of it's not like watch. TikTok where like it just knows what I want. It's like I'll watch one thing and I'm like, I'm about to get five videos about this thing, even though I didn't really enjoy it. Yeah. And, and then you get like a ton of videos about it for three days. Then you don't watch it. Then it's gone. But it's like TikTok just knows because of like YouTube has the same data tracking. It knows how long you've watched a video for and your your interactions with it, whether you rewinded it or not like they know that but tiktok's ability to just read whether you liked that or you didn't like that is better than anybody right now and that's why meta is spending so much money is they're trying to figure this out because they just know dude they just know what do you think is going to happen with uh facebook i don't know i'm getting kind of cold feet uh from the last time i talked about this i I am an investor. Uh, this is not financial advice, but I, I'm kind of getting cold feet because I, I'm hearing rumors that Zuck is going to retire. Uh, my whole freaking bet was on the guy. So, <laughs> yeah, I got to figure out what I'm going to do with that thing in a little bit. But I'm up, I'm up on the trade. That was a beneficial trade. It, yeah. There was just no way it could sit that low at like 90 bucks. That's just yeah. criminal. But yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know what's gonna happen with a lot of these companies. Like they might not, dude. I think one of them might not be around, and I don't know what it's gonna be. It might be Snap. I don't know who it's gonna be. And it's weird to say that it could be Snap for our generation. We use Snap all day, all day, every day, and it's weird to say that. But at the same time, it's not because the business is just tech. Tech's had a good run the past ten years. It's had a real good run. I want everybody to take a look at tech since 95. Yeah. That is not fun. Those dips. Those dips are years long. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there could be a rocky road for tech here again. And, you know, that's my main sector that I understand. Yeah. Like, I don't understand Lockheed Martin or whoever, like, like or like industrial manufacturing. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like, even Kroger or, like... I don't, I don't know, like Albertsons, right? Cause they're, they're getting, they're merging. I, I don't own any of those guys because like, I don't necessarily understand the model. I like, but when it comes to Google, it's like, oh, like I, 
Yeah. Really am about what you guys are doing. So it it really it really it really depends. And you know, we'll see. At the end of the day, I I'm not a I'm definitely not a genie and I don't have all the access to the to the key players in the market. And if I did, I probably would be we would be recording this podcast in a very, very posh studio <laughs> with cigars and yeah. Fiji water and yeah. all that shit. No, I agree. Um yeah, that's a that's a pretty good take. There there uh have you seen their metaverse thing? I have. One of my um it's uh one of my buddies said that he went in it for the first time and he gets it. Interesting. And he gets it. Like did he like meet people? What yeah, did he do? like dude, he bought you can things do there. like you could you'll be able to go on like full ass dates on that thing. Yeah. And it'll be like of course it's not real. Mm-hmm. Of course it's not real. Of course it's not as good as if it were real. But oh my god, what yeah. what 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 the possibilities are for this thing? Now, personally, I see VR as less of a dating app and more of a educational platform. Yeah, the ability for kids to be in classrooms. Because at the end of the day, I don't need the touch of a teacher. To, to teach me things, right? But I need the up-close instruction and mm-hmm. guidance, and they can get that. They'll be able to get that. I think education is going to take, like, such a huge turn into this space because it just makes sense. Yeah. It just makes sense. There's so many kids that don't have access to good education, and with VR, it's possible. Mm-hmm. So, um, but at the same time, it's about getting VR accessible enough for the common populace because while it's on sale right now and it's at Best Buy and you can go buy one tomorrow, no one really wants to spend $500 on a VR headset. For like sure. That. You know, I, I don't personally have not either, right? I yeah. might, but I don't really want to. Mm-hmm. And w- w- when that starts getting a little cheaper or at least more accessible, but I think that's the first game changer. And like college might, I don't know what's going to happen with college, but that's like a different conversation just because college is... I mean, with the student loan thing that's going on right now, like they blocked it right now in Texas. Mm-hmm. So it's blocked. Uh, and I think it's funny that people thought this was a guarantee, like when they heard the news that yeah. they thought, you know, and it's unfortunate because some people just don't understand how the judicial system works and how laws are made in this country. But like, just because somebody says something doesn't mean that it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and really until the money is out of that account, saying that I owe that money. I you're not believing to my, it. To my mind I owe that money. So uh it's it'll be really interesting because at the end of the day, it's whether the student loan forgiveness happens or not, it's it's brought more attention to the fact that college is ridiculously expensive and and people are genuinely getting scammed into getting yeah. degrees. Like it's not even funny anymore. And people say like when people say college is a scam, people write them off like, oh, that person probably didn't go to college or I have a master's degree. Like, and I'm happy about the college I went to. I love the college I went to and the price that I paid for it. Mm-hmm. But 99% of people like don't. And yeah, yeah I, I, I've said before on the podcast, it's your responsibility, whether you're 18 or not, like it's your responsibility. And if you sign that you're going to take a loan out for 60,000 like you're not you you shouldn't just expect someone to forgive that because you made that decision you have to deal with that decision for sure uh but at the same time you can't just be tricking herds and herds of children on the banks of their parents basically telling their parents that their their gateway to a good to success is through this university when it's really not yeah and this degree that we're going to give you is going to open so many doors for you which it really doesn't mm-hmm. and in fact sometimes depending on the situation closes a lot of them because you don't have enough money to put a down payment down on a house or start a family or whatever it may be because you're in a mountain of debt 10 years post-college yeah like yeah man it's just a big problem yeah. i don't like it I, I agree with you 100 percent. i think too another thing that it's doing the student loan forgiveness is doing is hopefully making people more aware of the decisions that they're making when they go to these big schools like you you alluded to it as well but also like now especially in the age that we're in everything is so accessible information is so accessible to you i think that you're doing yourself a disservice if you're taking uh if you're going to a university and making that four-year commitment to a university that charges x amount of dollars like if you're going to a place that's 60 60 to thousand dollars a year for 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 what for the experience like 
Shiv alluded to this again as well. Like we both went to a smaller school. We saved a lot of money doing so. And we had probably the same exact experience that you were going to have. The NIU tuition is probably now, we, we, if you had no scholarship, was 12,000 a year. Yeah. And like, yeah, is your educational experience probably as good as going to a big school on a like total basis, right? Money Mm. aside. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. But like, like if you're, if you want to, like, it's like, it's like saying at this point, it was like a Mercedes costing 60 K a year or driving a Toyota Camry, which is just as it's, it does the, it does the job just fine. Exactly. For 12. Mm -hmm. Like it, but I don't like, the thing I don't like is, is they raise all this money. They raise all this money and there's all these professors who just like, they don't, they, they don't actually want to teach and the kids get screwed. The kids get screwed yeah. because they think at 27 that they should have this glamorous job when in reality they just don't. Yeah. But I, I, I agree a hundred percent. That's one knock that you could probably give NIU. A lot of the professors there are in that category. See, I like my personal experience though was not that I bet for a lot of majors, a lot of majors. It was a lot of them. I, it, the, and I like I, but I need to say that because the NIU accounting department needs to be segregated because yeah. it it is class it, and above yes almost any department it, that's there. And I know that's really biased coming from someone who went through the accounting department, mm-hmm. but like it made like I saw the difference when I was talking to kids actively, going to events with kids who are from different schools and seeing that like we were even doing stuff that these big schools weren't doing like mm-hmm. that's when i knew i was like okay something was separated here but i agree most majors you could definitely definitely say some more effort should be put in a hundred percent and like caveat niu accounting program is like one of the top 25 i think correct in the nation i don't know about top 25 in the nation but it's top it's like top three in the state but it's should be. I don't know. Maybe. That, I, I'm for some reason. I don't know where I saw that. I, I, I think I saw that somewhere too. Yeah. It constantly changes though. So okay. I don't, I don't really know. Fair, fair enough. Um, I think in the business school, in general, I think we had pretty good professors. Yeah. In general. Yeah. In the business school. Um, but then you, I bet like, I, I completely dude. agree. I know, you know, we, we all know people who were in these like liberal arts departments and like that, but that's the problem. That's the thing. That's the problem at, think about this. We're making this argument at NIU and that's, that's goes back to my point. Let's say the education wasn't that good. You mm-hmm. still got a degree for 12 K a year. Like I get it. It wasn't that great. It's not, it's the same at these other big schools. These liberal arts departments are the same except 60 K. Yeah. It's actually ridiculous. Dude, I had a teacher in English 203. So it's the second English class you yeah, have to take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there was no, I didn't need to go to class. Like, it's just one of those, like, the guy didn't put in any effort okay, at all. Okay, do you to remember teach. this? Do you remember them saying this to you in high school? Like, oh, you can't do that in college. Not gonna do I that did in everything college. they could. They told me I couldn't you're do not, in college. You're not, not going to be able to do that in college. Things are more serious in college. <laughs> the first year of college for me, I don't know about you, but for me, it just felt like high school, but with a different label that it's college and we meet less. H- high school and we got to live and do whatever we wanted. It to. was, it was, yeah, it was just basically like, Less restricted <laughs> high school. The classes didn't get hard until... No. Most of the class... I mean, this is not advice, but most of the classes my freshman year, you didn't need to go to. I didn't go to. Exactly. I, I, my habits were not... Like, if I had the same habits I had my freshman year, I probably wouldn't graduate. But, like, yeah, that's the thing. You could get away with that stuff. Yeah, because they're just they're just reading off a PowerPoint. They're reading off a PowerPoint. It's very cookie cutter. It's a one-on-one class. And like, listen, I respect any like GA that's like going out there and teaching, but at the same time, it's like, you're not, you most of the time in these one-on-one classes, if you really wanted to learn, like you're not getting that like upper level professor Mm -hmm. type of uh, like knowledge base, you know? And it's just, it's, so this is the thing though. In England, it's three years to go to college and they eliminate. The difference is, is the elimination of these, a lot of gen eds. Okay. So basically three years to get your four year degree. And if you think about it, if you eliminated a lot of gen eds, we all took, we would eliminate about a year off our college. Yeah. 
and it makes sense. So then basically a lot of the kids get graduate degrees, uh, similar here to where like the, the, there's like a push to go get more, but no, more? no more, like go back, go back into the grinder. Yeah. But at the same time, that that's an extra year that they saved, you know, yeah. and, and college isn't, it's a, it's, it's absurd there at some schools, but it's not like it is here. Yeah. That's crazy. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Like people really go to private college. Like not like 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 no, but like I mean like private college, like a small private college. Yeah. Not Notre Dame. I don't mean that. I get why people like go to a Notre Marquette. Dame. Like you go to you you pay you pay you pay seventy k a year to go to like that. Yeah. You know, but Dude, I'm I'm laughing because I'm thinking about the KMPE courses that I took. In college, that, that too. Like, like now, we look back on it like, joke. but dude, at the time we were so excited. Oh yeah, we were like, this is an easy three. We credits. were so excited, and then like now that we think about it, like we paid two hundred fifty bucks, whatever it was, in like however much that cost to to basically do a PowerPoint, do nothing. Yeah, like we paid to do nothing <laughs> yeah, and get a grade. That's what we paid for oh, to get a free God. grade in a class. Dude, KMP two eleven. I can literally give you the entire course. But that's what I'm saying too. People get judged on. People hold so much weight in their GPA, and employers hold weight in GPA. And it's like, I, trust me, there's weight there. Like things, there's like if it, if it, if an engineer tells me they have like a three a three three. Like a, a chem, like a chemical engineer tells me they have a three, three. I'm like, wow, you are a wizard. <laughs> You're killing it. You yeah. are a wizard. Right. If a poli sci major tells me they have a three, three, I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's so true though. You might think we're being like, um, no, we're, we're not. Let's be, let's be, no, but let's be, let's be absolutely objective. Like you should only be graded on the classes that you pretty much got your degree on. Mm hmm. So the be the last two years, like you shouldn't be like I don't understand and like oh people are like oh well then your GPA will be lower well then it'll be lower, like like what's with this like we need to prop up three point fives oh yeah because you got a three five well what if you got and this happened like people would get A's in all these ancillary classes and then their regular stuff would yeah. be getting C's and I'm not saying like oh you should get an A in every class that you take that's in your like I get it like trust me like I said engineers the the goal is to pass mm. right but that's the thing it, it, in engineering there's an understanding there like the yeah. goal was to pass the class right mm. and and I think there's too much like prodded up in getting an A when it's like now that we think about it years down the line all we really cared about in terms of education part of college was what did we actually get out of it? And you don't get, you didn't get shit yeah. for a lot of those classes. You get mm -hmm. nothing. Yeah. Totally agree. How, uh, how long are we? I think we're good. 52. Yeah. yeah did you keep rolling? I, I could keep I, going. I could, I could talk all day. Okay. Let's keep going. Um, I, I, I have a 40 ounce water here for a reason. <laughs> oh, bad dude. Um, we what have we it's thanksgiving i don't know spent i didn't do much i went home i uh i'm happy to be back in chicago yeah i agree i'm extremely um, I, happy to be back it's my first year i didn't have a thanksgiving because i was in the airport the entire day oh yeah so i, I which is, which cowboys sucks because it's like yeah cowboys won yeah, swept the giants terrible dude they're awful listen here's what i will say i I've always been a very vocal Cowboys fan. I think most people know that. I think I've quieted down the last few years because as I've grown older, I've started to realize what all my friends knew before I did because I was so blinded by my Cowboys love. Um, is that the regular season, like, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't actually like, matter if you're like, contending. Like, yeah. cool, like, yes, it, does it make me happy that we beat the Giants twice this year? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, am I going to chirp shiv about it no right. because they're they're if they don't do anything in the playoffs with it it's just it doesn't you're matter. at square one you're at matter. square you, you've done nothing so i think for me i just want to see a playoff win that's literally where it's at for me right now and it's, it's funny though seeing bears fans and they go like well we're gonna get the second pick i'm like wow that oh yeah i mean like dude the giants were two and 14 i never sat there and was like i'm so excited to have the second pick of the draft like yeah. i'm pissed yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm glad I at least got the second pick of the draft because we went two and fourteen. There's something good out of this situation, like, 
yeah, I don't, I don't. I, I think it's funny, though, the Giants won seven games just purely based off their coach's will. Yeah, he's a great coach. I will give you that. Uh, is he the defensive coordinator? Or is he Dable? just... Yeah. Or the head he, coach. I know, but is he, like, it, what's his role oh, he's, he was, as the I head coach? Oh, he was a defensive guy. He was, okay. He was a defensive guy. Okay, that uh, kind of makes sense. I, I don't really even know who calls plays. Uh, it, I've been a lot less out of the loop this year when it comes to... Like the a ins lot and outs of the organization, dude. Even I, dude, all sports. Yeah, like for sure. I'm, Me in the, too. I'm, I, I, I'm there heavily in the in the betting markets, but I don't like. You don't need to like. You can get by without. It's funny saying this out loud. You can get by without like knowing players. Yeah. It's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. It's it's and it's it's like, think of just think of like. Moneyball in a way where it's like I don't really, I'm. These are all numbers on a screen. Yeah, you know, and it either way. And it's funny is is sometimes it just pans out in real life the the way the numbers on the screen say it will. You know. Yeah. So, I, I agree. That movie's excellent. Fantastic. One of the best sports movies probably created. Um, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill did a nuts job. Dude, he's Brad a great Pitt actor. Great. Brad Pitt, great actor. Yeah, that was fantastic movie yeah George, jonah hill i think we've talked about this before on the podcast but i think he doesn't get he's a director now i think he, yeah he's directing stuff i don't think the guy gets enough credit because of his appearance that's a fact yeah that's a major fact like i think he he deserves dicaprio level credit for some for certain things dude i mean even his role speaking of dicaprio his role in the wolf of, in wall, wolf street of wall street yeah was like he played Fantastic. that character to the T. Like I'm sure yeah. if they if we met the real Donnie, whatever his name was, um, it it would probably be like a spitting image of the guy. Like I'm it, sure that's exactly how the guy was in real right, life. Right, right. It, yeah. The, the you're 100 percent right. He does not get enough credit because of his appearance, and that's you know that's unfortunate. It really is. But yeah. it's like he actually lost a ton of weight. He did. He looks good now. Yeah, he's all tatted up too now. And he's he a, and he, I think he even said they kept him fat for a yeah. lot of roles, which to me is like that. That's the part I don't know how some of these guys like deal with that in terms of like, of course they get paid millions of dollars to do this, but a guy like um, who's the Batman guy? Uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Christian Bale went from being like a frail, yeah, like. 100 pound stick on the edge of death of mm-hmm. starvation to just play an eight, a guy with AIDS. Uh, like then he got then he had to play a role where he got really big. Vice. And then he gets like massively juiced for like, Batman. Like, in <laughs> yeah, months. That's crazy. In months. Now like listen, I bet I bet like for the rock, right? Or like uh what's his face? That Hemsworth guy. Who plays uh Thor? Uh, Thor, yeah. Uh, like that's not that bad. Oh, I have to get shredded and jacked because they're oh, shredded like, and jacked in every movie. Right, they're shredded and jacked in every movie. Yeah. That makes sense. But then to go and like play like maybe like someone who is really fat or like really frail and lose all your muscle like that, like yeah, oof. dude, the, the best actors in the world are method actors, all of them. Yeah, like they will dive themselves, their body, their mind into the character. They will do. Th- extraordinary things to play them like for example in the movie the revenant right dicaprio did that D- dicaprio literally ate a raw beef liver a raw buffalo liver yeah. in that scene and that was the first take of him actually eating it and he throws up like that was all real the thing in django he did was real yeah rubbing his hand on her face like that whole thing was improv that was incredible he broke his hand too like that was wild yeah dude all to convey perfect him like to make it as real and it's funny too because he played one like you, did you ever watch shutter island no i haven't seen that one. Ooh, good one he's a like irish guy from the like new york shutter right? island no shutter island is like he is a prisoner in a uh old like 1950s 1960s prison for like like psychos they would segregate them off in like psych ward prisons basically and they were i don't even think they were prisons i think they were just psych wards but they were like they were prisons yeah 
uh, and that the whole movie's around that. I won't spoil anything because that's that's a mind number. That's like we were talking about Inception. I think like a week before. Yeah, it's like that movie. It's you were like, you're you're you don't know what's going on until you've watched it a couple times for sure. But yeah, I think I yeah think, yeah I think we're good. I think we're good now. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that's been episode number fifty five of the Shetty Show. The Shetty Show. Check us out on TikTok, Instagram. Be real, I guess. I'm, I've been very absent. I don't know what the hell that thing yeah. is, man. That thing's that's weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I we're definitely getting more active on TikTok. Um, but Gary, don't think I didn't. I'm not like I don't believe you. I yeah. believe you. I just I don't know what's going on. Now the the second he says like, mm, he the second he like drops everything and starts actually like posting there. Yeah, he, he starts I'm moving on. Be real. I'm, like, I'm moving on. Be real. Yeah. But um. Anyway, yep. Check us out TikTok. Instagram for sure. S H E D D Y S H O W. No. Hit, hit us up in the comments. Let us know how you think about the pod. Um, let us know who you want to hear next. We want to line up some more guests, some really quality guests. Um, and hit us up if you're one of those people. If you feel like you can add value to the show in any way or even just shoot the shit in any type of way, feel free to hit us up. Um, and yeah, Shiv, any final thoughts? Yeah. Um, go England, baby. Go England.